Today on Nine Weeks Radio, podium finisher Ben Barker takes you behind the scenes at Le Mans. Brought to you by NineWorks.co.uk, the fastest growing online Porsche community supported by the NineWorks Marketplace. NineWorks Radio is your dedicated Porsche and car podcast, hosted by Lee Sibley, Andy Brooks, and Max Newman. NineWorks Radio is carefully produced with special input from experts around the industry and powered by our valued members of the NineWorks Driven Not Hidden Collective. Gents, how are you? Hey, very well, thank you. Amazing. Slightly non-energetic start there, Andy, I'm feeling. (laughs) Recovering recovering from a hard weekend. (laughs) It's difficult going to all these car shows and enjoying yourself, isn't it? Oh, it is, it is. (laughs) I think we committed to a bit of work, actually, over the weekend, didn't we, on Saturday, definitely, at uh, Porsche by the Lakes. Wasn't it just so good? I I really enjoyed it. Um, We've got a segment coming up, actually, later on this episode with the uh, co-founders of Porsches by the Lake, that's James and Guy. We spoke to them just after the event, so we'll yeah. we'll, we'll put that on the end. But yeah, what what a privilege to be part of such a cool show. Very different, relaxed vibe. Yeah, it's great vibe. Really relaxed. Felt as they said, it's like an enthusiast's show for enthusiasts, wasn't it? Rather than yeah, um, yeah, just yeah, felt good. Felt really good. Yeah. It was really nice. What a great venue. I'd um I'd only seen pictures. I hadn't been to Little Eastern Manor before, mm. so uh wasn't quite sure how it was laid out and you know, it, it clearly there's lots of different parts to it, but the way it all hangs together, it's um it's lovely. What a great place to have yeah. a show like that. Absolutely beautiful. And yeah, you know, your the saying of your vibe attracts your tribe, James and Guy, and and the whole team, you know, it was a whole team of people helping out there, you know, Andy, James, etc., that that really got involved with that. So spot on um i'm glad andy when we got there you and i had a quick skiz round and had a look because um that's all i kind of saw of the show we yeah, were stationed at our uh, we had like a, a lighting rig and this red carpet that we called like yeah the nine works like stage area and we were having people drive up all day and share their car and their porsche story with with an audience both at the venue and via youtube so you can go and watch it if, if you missed it on nine works tv yeah was, i would um, say um on the YouTube stuff, you need to bear with for the first few minutes because I think there's no sound, is there, on the first one? Yeah. So we had a few yeah. technical issues, but uh, yeah. yeah. It was no, all we good. got there. We, we got there. It was good. Uh, Max, I need to ask, like, is is there some sort of, like, injunction that we need to know about with you and red carpets? Because as soon as that carpet was rolled out on Saturday morning, you were gone, brother. <laughs> and we didn't see you again for the rest of the day. <laughs> well... I think I think I think Max to get across the site. <laughs> <laughs> Max Max did the tour for us so that we can see all the lovely pictures that he took yeah. to to actually yeah. understand what happened at the rest of the show. <laughs> Five hundred and seven pictures is really? what I left with, so uh, which I managed to edit down, but only to about five hundred and sixty-eight. Sorry, four hundred and sixty-eight. Yeah. Um. So they're coming out. That's a good hit, right? Across. Um, yeah, across the Nine Works Instagram, my Instagram, across the Porsches by the Lake Instagram. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, good for you guys to see, and also for everyone else who wasn't able to make it. 
Yeah, some <laughs> lovely pictures in there, mate. Lovely, lovely pictures, as yeah. always. You've really got a good eye for it. So, uh, yes, we'll slot that segment in uh, shortly with uh, James and Guy for a bit of, um, like immediate feedback from the day i suppose yeah yeah they're still buzzing a, from it definitely bit of a vibe so yeah we'll, we'll slot that in uh later on first though we're going behind the scenes at le mans um i don't know about you two but i'm really looking forward to this i'm quite fascinated to understand how these races work it's easy yeah. for us to watch it but to be part of it very different yeah, what's going on behind the scenes definitely yeah yeah it's quite special and you know so ben you've known for some time Lee and you know with the approaching centenary event you talked about him that we should get him on and what great timing what great uh planning on, on your part that he went to the event and had such success and now we get to chat to him it's it's fantastic well do you know what like with with Ben what I've yes yeah, so I've, I've known him for 10 years uh we first did something through Total 911 um he was racing Carrera Cup at the time and um par the specialists they did a track day i think they do a track day every year at brands hatch and um invited us along to it and ben was running his uh, carrera cup car there it was 997 spec at the time doing passenger laps they obviously put a, a second seat in the car and um and took us out in it and that that was my obviously first experience of a race car i mean it, it knocks your socks off with just like the forces that are in you know imparted on your body and I just jumped out thinking, wow, you know, for Ben to be in charge of control of that car was just exceptional. It was it, the, the car was an animal, you know. So I wrote I wrote this uh, feature called the Silver Bullet, talking about you know these nine on seven cup cars, and and Ben's kind of career has obviously progressed quite nicely, and and um, he's he's done uh, Carrera Cup. He then went on to. Um, super cup like did some bits and pieces there he, he just worth pointing out he came uh runner up in 2012 in the carrera cup then jumped up to super cup was doing um a couple of campaigns there he was the carrera cup le mans winner in 2012 which i'm sure he's going to mention uh, other bits and pieces dubai 24 hour winner bathurst 12 hour winner um four times no less i know he likes going down under for that so it's been really nice to follow ben and his career which you know more than uh most has kind of been at the wheel of 911s hmm. cup cars to gt3rs to rsrs and, and and i think what i really like about ben and, and and have done for some time and it's the same with nick tandy by the way the works driver is there's no kind of pompous facade or anything you know like there's if you want to talk to ben there's you know he has he has got a media team but if you want to talk to ben you can reach out to ben you know, as a journalist, I was really valued that there was there was and I've spoke about this previously, younger drivers that we were kind of trying to do a similar thing. We followed Ben for a few years, watched his story on the magazine at Tottenham Eleven, and then we kind of follow another up and coming youngster. And there's so many layers these days of like management and agency and everything else. And 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 the the answers that you'd get to your questions were so heavily curated, it was quite difficult to tap into the character. And I think that's what that's what appeals really isn't it you know yeah yeah absolutely um, but but you know kudos and credit to ben and as i say nick tandy is exactly the same you know they are very authentic and i think that's very endearing from somebody who's outside trying to look in mm -hmm. yeah so you know and, and agree with that yeah you know and, and i'm sure that ben's going to come across that way when, when we chat to him you know but like to, to organize this interview it was obviously he put some bits up on the gram saying about looking forward to the race this weekend so this was obviously the week prior to Le Mans, and i dropped him a line and said you know 
you want to come on the podcast and chat about it? And he said, yeah, sure. Let's get the race done and, and let's look forward to the chat. Simple as that. And that's so refreshing, I think. So um, top, top guy in short, top, top guy. And um, just chuff for him, to be honest, to, to, to see him get that podium. Brilliant. So without further ado, so yeah, we, we're going to kind of try and keep this conversation for, for the benefit of those listening at home. You know, we, we, we're not going to be talking about kind of tyre strategy. We just want to know what's it like for a human being to go to Le Mans and race for 24 hours and come away with a podium finish. So with that in mind, let's get on Ben Barker. Ben Barker, welcome to Nineworks Radio and congratulations as well on your Le Mans success. Yeah, I know. It's thank thank you very much. Firstly, thank you and thanks for having me. It was uh, it was mega because I think you asked me last week, didn't didn't you, about doing a podcast? And uh, I think it was before Le Mans, and yeah. then obviously had a good Le Mans, got a podium. So there's so- there's something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Well, yeah. third third place in the GTE AM class. Um, yeah, like like you say, we. I mean, this was your eighth successive year at Le Mans. You have enjoyed success there before. You seem to like that track. I think for us as kind of mere mortals, when it comes to racing, we'd kind of we want to we want to know everything. Basically, we want to know what it's like to to be a part of that event and to deliver such success, which I know means a lot to you and the GR Racing team at the centenary year. Um, but it was quite funny. So we spoke before the race, and obviously said, you know, it'd be great to talk to you on the on the podcast. And you said, yes, let's touch base afterwards. And uh, I was watching it from afar and I saw the crash. And then... Um, and you were like, no, we're not going to talk to him now. R- Ricardo lived back <laughs> into the pits. But my thought was, that on seeing it, I thought, oh, well, never mind. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? We'll talk about what it was like. We'll, to we'll do one next year. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, what... what? So obviously, I, I mean, that, that race was mad. Um, you know, yeah. it, I mean, I'm sure your, your, a lot of your listeners have, have watched it um, or touched base with it. And seen clips from it. I mean, it was. I mean, whenever you have isolated rain, it's always going to be drama. Um, and that's exactly what we had. It was. Um, it was pockets of rain, literally downpours on like one corner, which um, ultimately we got caught out on. Uh, we were actually leading at that point. We were about fifty seconds in the lead. I'd just done a two and a half hour stint. Um, and we were looking good. Mike hadn't been in the car. So those who don't know, GT um, this year had has always had one amateur bronze driver in each car. And there's 22 cars. So we kind of eked out a lead and we were waiting. I was waiting for the race to calm down, actually, because there were, even in the dry, there were so many crashes. Um, I think a mix of people who haven't done Le Mans before and the slow zones, catching them out, catching other cars out, hitting into the back of other cars prototypes hitting gts gts hitting prototypes there was just it was just carnage so i said like don't put mike in let the race calm down so ricky got in the silver who's mega he's really quick and uh and then we had this downpour and and that was it as you saw we, we were spinning off into the wall luckily didn't hit both walls we were quite close to the one on the on the inside but we just hit the one on the outside and we got back going quite quickly got back to the pits and the crew repaired the car in about six and a half minutes. But luckily it was safety car. So obviously everyone bunched up and it was takes a lot longer to get around and do a lap. So and we got out just before we went two laps down, which was critical because there was a new a new thing now where if you're behind the class leader, 
um, sorry, if you're in front of the class leader, you get a whole lap back. So you get a waiver by. So you can make a whole lap back, which is ultimately what happened later on in the race. Long story short is that then we were back on the lead lap and uh, and we could push to the end and get get third. So it was high drama. And yeah, I've been doing it for eight years, thinking, you know, I've had fourths, fifths, thinking I'm never going to, I'm never going to get on the podium here. And then it, it happened. It happened in the last 40 minutes as well, wasn't it? It wasn't like we were safely in third for the last six hours. It was like literally the last 40 minutes. So it was high tension and uh, and massively rewarding. Yeah, it's, it's a game of attrition, right? And I think your kind of story this year feeds right into that kind of classic Porsche mantra of to finish first, first you must finish. And, and, and you know, you, you guys were going strong right to the end. And like you said, your, your rivals kind of fell away. Um, which allowed you to take that third position by kind of still maintaining that pace and, and being in the mix, basically, in, in the last few minutes. So, so no, okay. a quote that I saw from Norbert Singer, I watched an interview with Norbert Singer. He was talking about Group C, and yeah. he said, the first thing you have to do is survive for 24 hours, and then who knows, maybe you win. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly right. I mean, and that, and that, is, that is it. You never give up. Like, you know, we went in the wall. We realised, like, it's cosmetic, like, you know, if it's serious, more mechanical, like, you know, upright damage or even that you can change quickly now. But if it's gearbox trouble, then you're a bit, you're a bit screwed. If you go, if you go three laps down, that's, that's tough. Even two laps down, it's tough now because it is, it's almost like a sprint race. It's a 24 hour sprint race. The cars are so, so reliable. It puts more emphasis on the driver punching out quali- qualify laps almost every, every lap. So um it's uh yeah it's a it's a real tough one but it's net it's not over till it's over yeah yeah it's tight as well like those you know but particularly like the the gt classes gte pro and and am in the last few years have just been so tight and as, as you say it has become that 24-hour sprint i feel like it's been like that for a long time with the like the prototype cars um old school lmp1 and, and and now with the lmdh but like the, in in the gte it's great to see like bumper to bumper like really for for that long it's superbly entertaining yeah it's mega it's mega and when you get in a bit of a dogfight in the middle of the night or towards the end of the race like it is it's happening all the time like you're always in a fight with someone you know trying to trying to make a position or if you're unlucky trying to get a lap back and um you just got to keep pushing it's relentless you know um so, you know, we, we, we had really good pace. We, our, our car was, we, I think we were, I was the fastest on the average, which was mega. Ricky was right up there as well. Mike had a really good race as well. He's it's the fastest he's been around them on. So I think we sort of deserved that result, you know, and, uh, and I think everyone, you know, the team is like a bit as a family, really. Um, it's literally Mike's family there. Mike owns the team. Um, and all the mechanics, a lot of the mechanics have been there for a long while. You know, we've been waiting for a good result for a long time. And pit stops have always been impeccable. Um, the guys do a mega job. It's it's one of the best teams I've worked with. And um, so it was all quite, it was quite emotional at the end. You know, everyone was, everyone was super proud and it was like a monkey off the bat, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, that's interesting, Ben, that it maybe feels like a monkey off your back. I was going to ask, I was thinking about it last night. What is the, what is the feeling? to have done that and how does it compare to other feelings that you've had other other success is it is it different or is it a relief um it's definitely a bit of a relief for sure um afterwards but the feeling it's um i don't know the gravity of it and the like the the event itself it's such a 
if anyone's ever been, it's it's insane. Like the the atmosphere is uh, is is huge, um, and there's just so many people there. It's uh, it's obviously rich in history. It was its hundredth year as well, so that made it even more uh, insane. You know, there were there was just more people there. It's a massive spectacle to get on the podium. I mean, that podium is insane. It's just a sea of people underneath you. It's uh, it's it's awesome. But it meant it meant a lot personally. It meant a lot for the team. Um, because it is Le Mans um, and because we've been there for so many years and that is the race that everyone wants to do well at all the team like Mike my my boss he he does that series for Le Mans he doesn't do it for the other races he does it for Le Mans you know so to get a podium there at the race that he you know wants to get a result at was was special I mean it wasn't a win we're talking a third but still it's it means a lot for us you know yeah you're the, you're the only one in this group that's finished finished third at the one bed so don't talk yourself yeah. out, mate. you know it's wicked <laughs> so I, I want to um I would like you really to take us kind of you know the every man and women through your journey to where, where you are now really with Le Mans so you finished fourth last year um I imagine like, you know, gutted to just miss out on that podium that you've now got. So when, um, how soon did you know that you were going to have a seat for this year? How does that work? I've developed a good relationship with, with Mike, my boss now. And, uh, it's, um, it's, you know, we, we, if he does it usually, I mean, I don't want to be too cocky with it, but he'll, he'll, he'll choose me, you know, unless there's a, yeah, there's there's something as a reason to take someone else. So I'm I'm quite comfortable in that um if if he races, I'll be I'll be working with him. So because we've developed that good relationship with each other. So it's good, but I it's you know, anything can happen, Mike, you know, and a, anyone else I work for who's who's sort of an amateur who pays to go racing and ultimately gives me a thankfully gives me a job, um, can can decide to do something else, you know. A flick of a switch. Um, so there's always uncertainty over what drives and if you're going to get any drive the next year. Um, but uh, yeah, it's you know it's it's been a been a long time with him, and uh, I guess it started back when I actually did. <clears throat> I actually raced Le Mans in the cup the cup race. I don't know if you remember. I I, yes. I won it in 2014. It was GB. Uh, Career Cup GB and Career Cup France together. It was a massive grid. And Mike was there actually watching the race. And um, I ended up winning, which which helps my cause a bit, I think. Um, <laughs> Substantially. And, yeah. And then we met up afterwards. And then the year after he then did he then did um WEC. So um it was uh I think it was two years after actually I did WEC with him in 2016. Um, when I was silver again, so that gave me the opportunity to get in, and then and then went went from there really. So um, yeah, it's I've I've had a, a long relationship with Mike, and uh, who knows for next year. You know. So do you look back as that at that 2014 race as a sort of defining moment in your career? That was a real shop window. Yeah, I do definitely. 2014 was quite good for me. I was in Porsche Supercar. I had a couple of podiums there. I had um, the winner. In in um, at the Mon, I did a few guest starts and crack up GB and won those races. Like, it was quite a strong, it was quite a strong year, and I think that catapulted me into, um, well, it did catapult me into some IMSA drives as well. So I raced in uh, in IMSA in the states for six races, um, and and then I did 
um, an ELMS. I did some ELMS as well that year. So it was quite a busy year and it put me on the stage, you know, as an endurance kind of pro, wannabe pro driver. I was silver graded then. So, and then I managed to to get that silver seat in wet with Mike and did a good job. And then I got the gold seat, the pro seat the year after. And then from, from then till now, it's been the same really. So it was, yeah, it was quite pivotal. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So you've, you've been quite lucky, I think, Ben, it's fair to say in, or you've made your own luck in that you've had that kind of regular seat with, with Mike, because it, it's, it can be difficult to find a seat sometimes. So that's, that's a that's brilliant from your behalf, isn't it? You know, you're something you've worked hard for. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, you know, it's about developing those relationships. And I have, I'm massively thankful to Mike and his commitment to the sport because that means that it's, you know, I'm committed to a job. So it's, uh, but it's, it's something I've worked at uh, a lot. And, you know, I have, I've worked with other customers. I'm doing GT World Challenge in a Porsche GT3R this year with another client who's a, who's a good friend who we work well together. So um, it's, you know, and you have to be for me, because I'm not a factory driver, so I'm not employed by a brand. Um, I don't have much security. So I've got a I, I try and work a lot with the bronzes and try and help them. So I teach them, we go through data, video, all that stuff. So I try and be a little bit more of a um, you know, I, I I'm a bit more open with what I offer as a pro, let's say, um, as well as jumping in and being quick, trying to be quick and and uh and getting results. So um and that seems to work quite well um that sort of dynamic i have um so it's, it's picking up a bit more now which is good and it helps after strong results like them all yeah definitely definitely the, the build-up you, you obviously know you've had your, your seat for this year then with the gr racing team we're building up to le mans which you've already kind of intimated was what the season is all about to, to all intents and purposes so how are you feeling as a driver in, in the weeks and particularly days before the start of the race uh, pretty relaxed like i'm i'm quite a quite a relaxed sort of person in the sense that i like to do um i don't know I, I like to sort of unwind and tune out of motorsport if you like i don't i'm not like heavy on doing loads of video and data before an event like i do do a bit and i do that i literally do it within an hour because then i'm clear of what i need to do and also having done it eight years i've got pretty good understanding of all the tracks that we go to so I just cycle, run, get fit, you know, get oxygenated and, and, and get ready for the event, you know. So um, that's kind of generally what I do. So I just just try and stay as chilled as possible, really, um, with it. I mean, I'm quite busy. I've got a lot of coaching. I've got a business. I run a, like a cafe bakery, which um, is is a stress, but <laughs> that, that, that keeps me busy um, day to day before events. So um yeah, there's not there's not much time to think, and that's quite good in a way. So, in yeah. terms of the physical preparation for Le Mans for an event like Le Mans, do you go as a professional racing driver on the first of Jan? Are you trained, and you could do Le Mans, or in the build up towards Le Mans, do you do different things or more things? No, no, I I just keep busy throughout the year. My lifestyle is um uh is just keeping fit and being outdoors as much as I can being on the road, working, like, it's just, that's just how it is. And that's, that's kind of fits quite well for preparation for Le Mans and stuff. So there's nothing I change as such, maybe diet a little bit, um, you know, uh, but that that's it really, you know, it's, there's nothing that goes into it 
um, that I need to do differently that's going to necessarily make a have a, a big impact on performance ultimately. Has, has that approach changed over the years, Ben? You said it's your eighth consecutive year at, at Le Mans. So it'd be interesting to kind of gauge how you prepared for your first Le Mans versus your latest. Well, I was quite a bit younger when I first did my Le Mans. So I definitely had a different lifestyle then. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I won't go into that, but like, um, yeah, no. So I think I'm, I'm definitely healthier probably. Um, I mean, I've always been quite healthy and fit, but um, yeah, I, I think I've just matured, let's say, um, become a bit more of an adult in maybe more routine in my life, which which has actually helped um, a bit more stability, which is which is great. So those things, I think I'm actually driving the best I've ever driven as well. I feel at the moment, the last two years has been personally really strong, um, you know, comparing against all the other cars and other drivers on on the field. So um, I don't. I feel like I don't need to change anything now. I feel like it's 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 working quite well. Yeah. Whatever it is, is working quite well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you qualified tenth in in a busy field. I assume as a driver, when that flag goes and the race starts, you would prefer to be in the car rather than at the side, like watching and waiting to get in when your stint comes along. Um, yeah. So I've always historically started Le Mans. So my he he we don't put the bronze in. No one puts a bronze in. I think it's too much to risk at the start of a 24 hour race. Um, and it's busy. Like, I mean, you start these races and you think, ah, everyone's going to be you know, fairly sensible. There's always shunts. It's like, guys, it's a 24 hour race. Come on. <laughs> so, um, so I'm always, I'm always starting just to obviously be there, take avoidance if I need to, and um, just try and have a smart, clean start, but also, um, also, You've got to be on it and you've got to you've got to keep on pace and you've got to be up up the front because it's easy it's really easy to lose a lot of time at the start of the month if you're like 10th if you drop down to like 12th to 15th uh you can easily lose you could lose like 15 seconds in your first stint um which is quite which is quite a lot of time um because the field spreads out so much once that toe is broken it's quite difficult to catch back up again so um it's important to stay with that group so yeah, I've always started and it's always, I've always been okay with that. I always quite enjoy it. There's a lot of pressure, um, but I don't feel it too much, to be honest. It's, it's a spectacle as well. Like everyone's lining the banks and flags and like, it's pretty cool. Amazing. Cool, cool race to start. Yeah. I, I can't imagine um, you would take a lot of that in though. Or, or do you? Oh yeah, I do. I yeah, yeah. Really? yeah. Right, so bloody slow around the green flag lap. It's just like, come on um so it takes a while to get to the start so you sort of you do take it in a bit you know um and there's not a lot i'm warming brakes and warming tires to a degree but um yeah it's it's uh it's it's a spectacle definitely and you've got to take it in. it's a you know it's a moment you only have potentially once in your life you know so um as long as it's not distracting you from doing your job you know yeah yeah so i i think in listening to you ben here this is where your experience is just really shining through you know i putting myself in that seat as you're doing that that lap all the way around you know and that could be a long lap but i'll just be chomping at the bit to get going tension rising you know nerves palpable but you're kind of just intent on being part of that moment i think that's quite much. and i think like i said i think i'm driving the best i've driven i think that's that's probably it it's just experience it's just knowledge of like of of all the circuits of the car and the team really everything's familiar i think that 
that pays dividends a lot actually for performance because you don't get a lot of time especially in like a normal six hour race weekend for wet it's you know a couple of hours of testing and straight into quality for the bronze and then it's into the race so you don't get a lot of time to to dial in but i'm already i feel like i'm dialed in a couple of laps and i'm like i'm there you know so um experience is is a big part of it yeah so in, in the race, Ben, you've you've done the biz in your stint. You're leading the class. You came in. What what do you do when you get out of the car? Like what what's your life before you then get back in? You know, I have a coffee. Really, yeah. just literally <laughs> like <laughs> get out, cool down, um, have a quick chat with the engineer. Uh, but there's not much to say because I've probably already said it on the radio in a way. Um, and engineers hate hearing about how the car is in the race because they can do nutter about it <laughs> so they don't want to hear that oh the car's got loads of oversteer and like you know i i do mention it because if it is if, if there is something there you know you never know it might be a tire or but we, we have access to all that information anyway on the dash so um but i just get out go and have a coffee go and chill out and wait for my next stint basically which is usually around the corner pretty quickly right yeah yeah so you're you're not watching you're chilling and yeah, like, no, I will watch. I'll go get coffee, come back, watch the screens. Um, I mean, it was such an intense one this year that I was actually watching it a lot more than I usually was. Yeah. I was, I was, it was quite captivating. It was quite, um, yeah, it was drawing you in to watch and not rest too much. So I was, I felt more knackered at the end of it, definitely, yeah. than, than other ones. Yeah. What's your workload then in terms of seat time? Because as the pro driver, obviously, you know, everyone's got to have a certain amount of seat time. As the, as the gold, as the pro, what's your workload that you that you would do? I did, 10 and I, I did 11 hours, I think, of the whole race. Um, so it's a lot. Like, I'm I'm yeah. the workhorse, really. Like, they, they because I'm the, the, the faster driver in the, in the three, they try and put me in for the maximum I can do. Obviously, you have to meet the minimum of the of the bronze driver and then um once you've done that then you then you kind of play with the times of the silver and the gold so um yeah i i definitely do a lot uh but you know it's weird you kind of just get in this rhythm and you get in this space meditative space of mind where you can just drive without thinking and i could probably jump in and do more stints after the 11 hours you just feel like rhythmic with it almost you know yeah. so it's kind of a weird experience but yeah i do a lot definitely what's the maximum you can do as it comes so it's well you have to meet the minimum of the bronze which mm-hmm. is six hours um and then the, the silver also needs to meet a requirement and then after that it's like it's it's whatever but you can't do more than i think it's more than four four hours in um in six or something so you have to play around with that so that's the engineer's job to just work out the sort of you know logistics of of the of the who goes in when for the for the race so um but it's quite straightforward really it's relatively straightforward you do Mm. do your bronze at the absolute minimum um and then you you're mixing usually double stints i did a triple which was three and a half i did three hours usually but obviously with the safety car then pushes over i did three and a half hours in the in the car at one time which was in the in the morning through until about 5 a.m so and that was that's tough when you get in Mm. after that because you're mentally drained you're Mm. you're tired physically and mentally um your eyes 
<clears throat> sting because they want to close but they can't because of the adrenaline so it's it's a it's a weird state of mind where you've you have to just keep yourself sharp your your eyes won't close but you have to keep your brain active so sometimes i get radio calls from the engineers you know i don't know we throw a few jokes around or like talk about something down the most and just to kind of keep me thinking and alert you know so yeah. um but it's quite a tough stint those early morning ones yeah it's an unbelievable description like really kind of yeah explaining what that's like and i think to put that into some sort of perspective as well again for like us mortals when we did our nine works road trip to norway a couple of weeks back our ferry got moved so our drive uh home it was a six hour drive to oslo and the ferry got cancelled it got moved down to christian sand uh same day same time but another four hours down and um because we did some pratting around as a group it was like an 11 hour drive all in and you're just saying you've done 11 hours uh driving and racing in 24 hours when, when we did that stint you know obviously we're stopping for coffee we're having a chat we're having a giggle on the radio etc we were still absolutely knackered at the end of the day and you, I would have, you have just I, done i would have i would have been as well mate honestly yeah, but, but you know but like, what, what in that same amount of time ben you are racing you are driving at 10 tenths you are having all sorts of g-forces kind of forced upon your body you you there's no moment you can switch off like that that like, is just insane well, and you've you know? got to negotiate these bloody hypercars as well which is yeah. so yeah now. like they're coming they're coming past you not as fast as they used to which is more challenging so they've slowed the lmp twos down slightly yeah. the hypercars are not as quick as what they were in a straight line so the, the distances and the closing distances and or gaps are smaller so it's quite hard to manage traffic yeah. i guess they're closer to you for longer aren't they where before they'd be before past you before you knew it almost yeah exactly exactly so yeah. that actually a, a, i've really noticed that as a, as a new dynamic this year that was quite tough to basically getting held up you know and it would affect that time more than it would have basically because they're they're passing you in the corners a bit more you know so that was quite tricky but yeah i mean you know you're so alert the adrenaline keeps you going you know and doing a long road drive like we did you know bordeaux back to the uk after the month um the week after and that that was that was tough when you're just cruising slowly on a on a motorway it's nothing <laughs> i love it Play, <laughs> playing it down 11 hours well I, I get it as well <laughs> i'm not some like superhuman trust me yeah, yeah <laughs> that's rad so look when when the, the car hit the barrier during that uh like crazy rain you're obviously in in the pits watching what's your first uh first thought yeah just had a little cry yeah <laughs> Just a little tear. Um, no, it was, it's, firstly, you're like, uh, and I knew it wasn't a big one where Ricky was going to be like hurt or anything. So, um, sorry, Ricky, but I didn't really think of you when it <laughs> happened. But I was like, I was like how much damage is this going to be? Um, you know, and how quickly can we get this fixed? That's like my immediate thought. You know? yeah. I don't know, maybe that's a, maybe that's not a very nice first thought to think about the car first, but. <laughs> If it was bigger, obviously I would, you know, the first thing's driver, okay, perfect, okay, good. But um yeah, so it was just I, I you're bummed because you're leading as well. You know, if you'd had a problem before that and you were a lap down and then that happened, it's a bit like, oh, oh well. Whereas this was like, okay, we're doing well, we have momentum, and then like bang, that happened. And but you had no control. So you also think about the circumstance, like slips on like 
you know, standing water, it you could be going 20 miles an hour in your lacquer plane and you're yeah. well, like, it's, there's, and you've come from a dry section of track. It's not like the whole track is damp and it, this bit's a bit wetter. It's like dry, literally a line and then torrential. So yeah, impossible. That, and everyone, a lot of people crashed as you saw in, you know, uh, in the race and, and right. that, that video that's going viral at the moment of, of, the Glickenhaus and then the Ferrari and then us and then the you know everyone was going up so it was yeah. so does the does the mindset and the uh like tactical mentality of the team shift when you said you came in just oh, after yeah 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 like two laps. if you were if, if you guys were on the radio it would have been amazing to listen to kids straight away as soon as it happened because it's on tv which really helps as well because we can see what damage is is you know what's affected mm. the team chief um crew chief is straight away on the mechanics channel saying right get a rear wing get a rear diffuser get a rear <laughs> bumper get like so everything's prepared within probably 30 seconds um everyone's getting stuff out into the garage so it's all laid out um so we identified you know they identified mostly what was broken through the tv uh visuals yeah then the car comes in and so on the radio they're saying right car comes in we're gonna put it on the air jacks we'll put it back in the garage and we're gonna we're gonna you know start obviously on the rear because that's the only place that's damaged and then they go through systematically so it's very it is very methodical and that's where you need a good crew chief and we've got dan munns who's an amazing crew chief super calm collected and you know they don't no one flusters or panics in a situation like that this is where they well this is where mechanics make their money really you know um getting stuff done quickly getting you know fairly substantial repairs done quickly safely and getting out there as soon as you can so yeah we, we were lucky you know a bit of it's luck but also well it was luck i guess that it was mostly cosmetic there wasn't anything deeper there wasn't yeah. a deeper issue that we found out later on so the car was running good as soon as we went back out so there wasn't any big toe issues or anything like that which would have been a bit more of a pain in the ass to to or would have been longer to to solve you know mm -hmm. but uh, yeah it was amazing how quickly they turned that around it's crazy i'd love to see a video of that yeah yeah does, yeah, yeah does one exist There's, um i don't know i think there was a video uh, camera crew trying to get in to video yeah. it. our garage is so tight <laughs> they were talking <laughs> so yeah it's literally like and the mechanics just said look anyone who's anyone who's not a mechanic or working like get out basically yeah. it is frantic you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a lot of running around with like parts carbon fiber parts and you know so it's easy to get bonked on the head by a rear wing or something like that you know? <laughs> God. Imagine the atmosphere is amazing. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so, so when, yeah. When, when you head back out ben so yeah like that how what, what's the team thinking at that time is it right okay we're we're, we're hopefully nothing else wrong <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. hopefully yeah. we fixed it yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so yeah it's basically get back out and and crack on you know and uh for us it was really important to get back out ahead of that that um that safety car going another lap down so because we were under safety car it gave us time so we could go out we weren't straight back into race pace where we needed to type, find out whether the car's okay. We could find that out at a slower pace. We had time to communicate with the driver and the engineer about the car, how it feels. And if there was anything else wrong that maybe was a quick, quick fix, you could, you could potentially come in, 
probably still would have meant going another lap down but so it helped that it was still safety car basically but um yeah it's just praying that the car's okay and it's, it feels good which it did and we could crack on and we had mega pace through the night so it was good that that brought us back up basically into contention yeah, that was amazing. quite for us was getting back on the lead lap so um that's all i cared about was where the leader was comparison to me and every time we were closing 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 so it was good yeah wicked. amazing absolutely wicked in that race ben like are, are you sleeping at any points like can you sleep uh, while driving yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah you wake me up in 20 seconds when i reach the end <laughs> um yeah i have i have i doze off every so often uh but it's quite hard it's never a good sleep so i probably had like 40 minutes i'd say in the whole race in, wow. it's not just the race is it it's you know you've woken up at 8 a.m the previous day the race didn't start until four yeah and then we had to drive to our airbnb which is two hours down the road so <clears throat> i got to sleep at 10 p.m on sunday night so it's a it's a long it's a long day yeah it's wow. more than a day, but yeah. yeah does that does like you know is it advised like among the team like to get some shut eye or do you know what i mean it's no <laughs> really yeah <laughs> They never have, you know, the best interest of me in my sleep. Like, <laughs> I think because everyone's got a role, they're so embedded in their role that it's like, nah, they say go and go and rest up a bit. Go and, you know, you've got yeah. four hours, be back in three, basically. So yeah. three hours isn't enough though, because you get out of the car, it takes an hour to just dry off and and get the heart rate down and adrenaline out of the body. And then you try and sleep for an hour, but you can't really. It takes you half an hour to get to sleep. You have half an hour, you've got to wake up and get ready again so yeah it's quite i can imagine it's quite kind of torturous and and listening to like footballers where they've like played an evening game 745 kickoff and they're like they just won't get to sleep till three in the morning because after the game yeah. it's that come down um and it takes quite a while but then of course if if you know you're kind of we're trying to assimilate your story with that you know the difference is there's a timer with you because you've got to be up and you've got to be back in the car yeah yeah and i don't get paid millions yeah <laughs> yeah right yeah 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 but yeah. um no there is exactly and it's uh um but you know you're so there's a printout they send on whatsapp you're <clears throat> like when you're getting in the car they update that a lot because it does change so i can then see the gap that i've got from when i get out to to when i need to get in again so um but you always have to have a driver at by the truck they can't you can't just have one driver out in the car and no one else on standby just in case something happens so yeah. we've got a little bed at, at the top of the truck which is very hot like a sauna but it was it's a it's somewhere where you can lay down at least mm. yeah 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 because i think that's an interesting like part of the the uh, lemon experience to explore because um yeah, I, I I did a box the cup race last year, which don't get me wrong, is a complete piss in the wind compared to a Le Mans race. But like, I just remember for me, just I was on cloud nine all day. It was this constant adrenaline rush that, you know, the race, you just become hyper alert, hypersensitive. And then afterwards, there's this kind of gradual come down and lull. And then for me before, because there were two races in a day. I remember we were sitting in the paddock just before we went out for the second race. And I just thought, I feel exhausted. I actually, I don't think I can do this race. I'm knackered. I just want to sleep right here, right now in this seat. And um, and then you go back out. And then within seconds, I was like hyper alert. And it was a weird roller coaster of adrenaline and whatnot and tiredness. Exactly. 
Exactly right. You explained it well, you know, and but that you learn to accept the tiredness. Like I've fallen asleep in a paddock before going out on to a race start, you know, literally in the in the racing seat. And that is that's not a bad thing. That's yeah. in my eyes, that's a good thing because your mm. heart rate is super stable, super low. And that's how that's and the adrenaline is always gonna wake you up. You're never gonna feel tired at the start. So it doesn't matter if you're sleeping, you mm. know, 10 minutes before that. So for me, it's like I, I used to think, fuck, I need, I need, sorry, excuse my language. I need to wake up. Um, I need to, you know, I need to kind of be on it. But actually, it's the opposite, really. You need, you need to, you need to be calm. So sleeping is yeah. no bad thing before a race. They, you're all good. Yeah, happy days. Yeah, <laughs> happy days. That's so it's very, very different than a, a Le Mans stint. But so look, we're we're at the end of the race now. You're you're not in the car. There's a couple of like laps to go. You're thinking bloody hell after eight years like you know it looks like we might be on the podium or are you thinking like i can't watch or you know where are you at mentally no i mean my girlfriend's got some funny photos of of me and mike just watching the timing screen like all <laughs> i was looking I at imagine. the gap from p4 to us and it was closing a bit and we had i kept looking at the timer it's like okay 35 minutes to go i knew we had no brake pedal they had breath breaks. I was like, oh, oh no. So that was, it was super stressful. Um, and I was kind of like almost convincing myself that it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to happen. So I didn't get disappointed if it didn't. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was super tense, super tense. I was, there was a lot of nail biting going on for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and during, during the race, in terms of getting through it, obviously a lot of coffee, as you say, but how do you, from a nutrition point of view and fueling as a baker, have you got like a supercharged focaccia that you're taking over? Is it <laughs> yeah. your responsibility or is that something that the team do? That's, such a, that's such a good idea. Like a, <laughs> like a protein packed focaccia or something yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Um, no. So, I mean, I do take protein shakes. Um, actually my girlfriend made me take protein, uh, this race and it really helps actually for recovery. I've never done that before. So, um because <clears throat> at racetracks i mean it's no difference going to a club event really the nutrition's not that great like it's you know the hospitality is good but during the race what we get given is quite it's just quite basic kind of um not the healthiest of food so protein shakes hydration's key like keeping hydrated um and yeah just a few copies here and there just to as a pick me up you know so um yeah it's uh you just you, hydration's the big one there really you lose you lose so much weight through through um sweat it's it's crazy so so um yeah it's, do you change the race suit a few times throughout oh yeah yeah, yeah. new one each time you go in the car yeah, yeah yeah i mean we had luckily they brought tire warmers back so <clears throat> the start of the year they um took tire the series took tire warmers away so we'd go out on cold tires so now <clears throat> at le mans because of a of um you know, it's quite dangerous going out mm. of Le Mans into that first right-hander on cold tyre. So they, we've got tyre warmers back. So that means we've got like a, a heated area. So at least you can <clears throat> you can dry off your your, your underwear. <clears throat> yeah. Nice. Uh, mate, see, this is all stuff that, you know, you just, people don't appreciate yeah. what goes no. on behind that pit lane, really. You like, know, that, the that's a hard negotiate. Like, I, I probably need to buy more underwear, to be honest with you, like yeah. five years, because... I'm always having to dry them and I'm, you know, I'm hoping that they're dry before my next stint. So it's like, oh. you know, 
And no one does that for me. Sponsorship opportunity there, isn't there? You get a personal underwear sponsor. Yeah, exactly. There's an angle there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Should we do some nine works works underwear? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want me modelling that, trust me. (laughs) (laughs) You and Lee, there could be a shoot. That's a shoot there, isn't it? So, yeah, look, it, it worked out happily and, and and you got that podium ben and, and you described at the start of the conversation just what it was like kind of walking out onto that podium and um yeah i have to say i was really tough for you mate having having known you for like 10 years now and watched your journey up through carrera oh, cup yes. super cup and everything else you know that was i was i was chuffed for you and and i think yeah like what next really i know you've got a little race around spa coming up to start with but yeah 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 i mean that is next spa 24 so it's all eyes on that next week which amazing uh, actually is the first time I've done it. I've done the the, um, the pre-event test a few times, but never actually got to do the, not got to do the race. So I'm really excited for this. I think, um, you know, it's going to be tough. Like that's 70, I think 70 cars or so, all GT3. So all the same spec. Um, and that's, that's a tough race. That's like around Spa, I think with 72 cars, it's like a car under every hundred meters. Like, mm. so you, always going to be around ours um so yeah, yeah it's right. gonna be good it's gonna be good so it's all focused on that really and is that the same team same car no so it's different car so it's a gt3r uh-huh. so it's a different spec car so we have abs whereas the rsr and wet we don't have abs okay. uh, and the aero package is is a lot different as well and it's rear engine still in the gt3r yeah um but yeah so the the cars the car's a bit different um but yeah it's 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 a tough series that it's a really tough series because there's so many cars and so many drivers that are, that are good it's uh it's it's sort of like the touring cars of gts almost you know it's like that kind of vibe so staying out of troubles is a big key area really in a race like that i mean yeah. anyway but particularly when there's a lot going on isn't that change of category coming to le mans next year um uh, so yes, yeah, yeah. So GT3 is coming um so from next year in WEC, um, which is a real shame. So it's the end of an era for the RSR and for GTE spec um cars. So um those kind of thoroughbred type car, they're they're going. So it's it's a really it's it's a it's a shame. It's a real shame to be honest. Um but G- GT3 is 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 a good car, definitely. But their their performance basically the difference is a similar engine power and and similar top speed uh, but the aero capability is a little bit less in gt3 um you've got abs which kind of helps you in areas um and and that's that's about it really so it's it's they're quite similar but it's um it's not the same as a gte car yeah it's definitely a shame from a porsche perspective and, and not having an rsr anymore you know there's we've had yeah. 50 years of the rsr it's, it's the reason yeah, yeah. with with the rs being the homologation car so it is it's definitely a real shame but um yeah. yeah onwards we march so what's yeah. um take us through the car um you said it was a 19 uh so it's a 991 uh base i guess what's yeah. the yeah, take us through the car R- if you R- could. Yeah, it's an RSR. Um, you know, it's a it's it's a, a amazing bit of kit. It's it's there's a lot of aero capability on it, particularly yeah. it's a big step up from the 17 RSR, which was sounded awesome. I don't know if you remember that one. Mm. Which is the first of the the mid engine 
Um, it's still naturally aspirated, so obviously there's no turbo, which was maybe a direction they should have gone to be in competition with the to be more competitive. Let's say with some of the other brands that have that have turbo and 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 the, the other brands that have larger engine capabilities. So, um, but they they do a good job. You know, it does supply a lot of power. It's it's um, it's quick. Um, you know, but the aero capability of it, it's like a it feels like a prototype now. It's it's um really impressive, you know, and if you damage a little bit the underfloor or the you know um the front splitter or something like that, that that affects high speed um balance like a lot, you know. Yeah. So um all those little, you know, gurneys that you see and these bits, stuff. bits of carbon are all doing stuff and it's like that and you realize that when you when you break it basically <laughs> yeah right yeah. i mean the, yeah. the diffuser on it is absolutely huge it goes so far back underneath the car like it's, it's yeah impressive you know which yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. necessitated it to go to mid-engine um yeah. works driver who will not be named once quipped to me that the uh the mid-engine rsr is basically a cayman with a 911 shell on top of it. <laughs> essentially <laughs> yeah right okay yes that's something you adhere to that's quite uh, uh, essentially but um it's uh yeah cayman on steroids that's for sure yeah um but it's uh it was a really good move from them and it's it has made it has made a difference mostly on obviously tire wear and and that was also a problem that Bit of a problem that Porsche had was managing the rear tires and with all that weight in the back. And so yeah. I think that's definitely that's definitely better. But that also from a from a balance, you can fit a diffuser in the back now. So and that's uh from an aero point of view, it's that's a big that's a big step up, you know. Mm. So, about, so was the time long gone then, Ben, that the having the engine at the back still you're able to use that to your advantage at any time were those days long gone and it was about maximizing aero for balance and tire and that sort of thing so it was a real fist pump when they said are we gonna are we gonna go mid yeah yeah i i think it was i mean it was a bit unknown but they'd obviously done all the wind tunnel checks and all that stuff so they were they were confident that that was the move that they needed that was the direction that they needed to go in which um was in agreement with everyone you know that was always what uh, something that they they struggled with with the with the engine in the back you know there there are advantages to having an engine in the back um if you're on a slower speed track where it's changed direction and you get a good traction um you know on tighter tracks with lots of chicanes and things we 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 tend to be a bit better um still the car is quite strong in those areas but it was definitely stronger when we had a when we had the rear engine the weight in the back but yeah now now it's 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 these tracks are super high speed the cars are so fast now from an aero point of view through the corners that you need to maximize that um that area you know so um ben what's uh, the rest of the running gear you know you've got brakes suspension did was there any problems with any of those through throughout the race or you know what's your impression on the, yeah yes yeah. <laughs> like what what are the brakes and suspension like something i didn't something, some, car, I guess. something i didn't mention was yeah. that we did the whole race on one set of pads oh wow and that's quite unusual um that's the first time we've ever had a race where we've run one set of pads and um they were gone um and this, <laughs> is, actually, <laughs> this is actually a bit of a reason of how we accomplished third place um 
So the car, one of the cars in front of us, the Iron Dames, they had to come in and change the brakes. So they must have, they must have been struggling with, with you know, basically the brake pedal goes very long and soft, and you obviously lose braking performance and retardation. Yeah. So when that happens at a track like the Mon, where you're relying on brakes heavily, um, then it's 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 quite bad. So they were obviously at a point where they needed to come in and change. So we jumped them by staying out. So our engineer just said, look, if you can hold on, we're going to get third. If we get, if we need to change brakes, we're not going to come third. That's yeah. it. So he, how, really, how far was that through? Was that like 23 hours or was it? No, we were mad. So we were each, each pit stop, the, um, one of the crew members gets a measuring device and just has a look quickly okay. off of how much brake pad is left. Um, and he, he was fairly comfortable with how it was. It was on, it was, height but he was saying that the wear rate looks to be okay enough to possibly finish so yeah yeah mark but um so yeah we 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 risked it and, and ricky was in the car at the end who did a great job he was having to brake early at a soft pedal and the gap actually was closing from behind so it ended up we were 10 seconds ahead and ended up as five seconds at the, wow. at the between third and fourth so for us, that was a that was actually it's a good question because that was that was a pivotal part of the art race. Really, is it's sub- surviving on the on you know? I'll send you a picture yeah. of, of the pad, not to share, but it's it's yeah, it's it was done. It was down to the metal basically. Wow, that is high drama. They did their job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're keeping yeah. those as a souvenir then alongside. The <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Make it a coaster. They're up on the wall. Brian, <laughs> yeah. How big is the pad? It must be like twice the size of your hand it must be huge yeah i don't know the measurement exactly but yeah. It, it's yeah it'll be it's yeah yeah it's it's big it, they are <laughs> and they're they're thick as well they're oh, thick. Yeah. yeah 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 so um but yeah steel steel discs and um yeah oh, really? yeah, yeah yeah not ceramic yeah they moved away from ceramic i mean they chew pads up um yeah. so <laughs> steels you just get longer more durable performance i guess and that the, the difference of ceramic to steel from a performance point of view is marginal mm. it's marginal, you know well, it's done to keep cost down as well wouldn't it you and know, cost yes totally yeah. Yeah. totally yeah yeah so can we can we talk about your 912 ben because you you sounds like you've got a rad resto mod going on there yeah and you know forgive me i don't have all the technical details on it but because it's been a long time uh that i haven't seen it and uh <laughs> i'm hoping i'm hoping i i i get it next week on the next two weeks um it's something that's been put on put on the back burner to be honest with you um I bought it like five years ago in the States. I bought a nine, 1968, 912, just a chassis. The engine was lost, but I picked it up quite cheap. So um, shipped it over and then always thought I, got, I want to put a slightly larger engine in a six-cylinder um, 2.2, uh, something like that. just wanted a bit more power in it. So that that has kind of happened over five years but there's been a, a long story backstory to it which is quite sad with some a family member and a, and a friend but um yeah so hopefully fingers crossed in the next couple of weeks i'll i'll get it but um yeah it's, i'm quite excited about it i wanted to do a bit of a rat roddy style to it like lower it and like i put steel wheels on it rather than the chrome's polished um traditional 60s um rims on it but um yeah so that's the sort of style um center pipes uh 
yeah so it's uh, let's see i haven't seen literally i haven't seen it in two years so i'm wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited <laughs> it's like christmas yeah <laughs> it's awesome. um it's very different to you know your your day job and the cars that you you, you drive and race for the day oh, job so that's must be quite nice oh no it is no definitely definitely i'm i'm not really like i'm not bothered about a modern supercar or anything on the road like that it, it doesn't do anything for me only it's in my eyes it just seems really expensive nice to drive at the time but a bit flash and a bit like I prefer the old stuff, to be honest. You know, as, as a, a few racing drivers have said something similar, whereby you know, when you when you race that sort of kit on the weekend, jumping yeah, into a GT3 yeah. RS is a bit. You know, <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. GT3 RS, I would not say no. Like, <laughs> like they're impressive bits of kit for sure. Yeah. But I wouldn't if I had the money and to go and buy a toy, I would buy something a bit older. I think because there's a bit, something a bit more authentic. There's something a bit more real about driving those cars rather than the new stuff, which I'm lucky enough to obviously race, you know, nearly every weekend. So, yeah. It's an interesting point, actually, isn't it? Not, as you say, Lee, it's not uncommon for racing drivers to not necessarily be maybe not even car enthusiasts in the way that we would think of the car enthusiasts classically and not that interested in road cars, certainly modern sports cars. So what's your background, Ben, in terms of, you know, did you grow up as a car guy? So, you know, what, what, what's the... Not not really. Like my Yes and no. So my uncle, um, he is the UK distributor of AC Schnitzer. <clears throat> um, so he's been around car. He used to race bikes a lot. So he, um, my mum, uh, so yeah, his, his um, sister was um, always around racetracks when she was younger. So my granddad was into cars as well. Um, but anyway, I used to go to when I was born, I used to go to some of these events and my mum got into racing as well, actually. Um, so she raced at like Nürburgring and did some VLN stuff. And so um, through my mum's side of the family, essentially, my dad's side is far more like musical and like art. And that's that's him, even though he's actually he runs cars shipping business. He found founded that 30 years ago, which is a bespoke um, car movement company for for supercars and car collections so you kind of like he kind of weirdly got into that uh, industry so i've been around it yeah i've never been i've never been someone who's like maybe a kid who's like wow look at that car i want to go like look at it like i i i'm addicted to the feeling and the art of driving like that's that's my thing yeah. um, i appreciate them don't get me wrong <clears throat> and aesthetically i do love like i said some of the older stuff um but i wouldn't say i'm a i'm, a, I'm an enthusiast let's say um yeah. but I, I i for sure have a keen interest in them but for me it's 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 driving it it's the the dance if you like you know yeah 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 so so when the 912 arrives then what's it going to slot in next to you? what's your daily smoker uh, i've got an audi a4 event just a just a yeah just a, a wagon that i take the surfboards in and stuff so um yeah, for me that's just to get around so for, for me in a state car is perfect i love a state car yeah, yeah. great it, do the again, job that again that 912 just fits in with what you like to do away from the track which is just kind of disassociate really with that kind of automotive well yeah, yeah yeah you mentioned you, you you love your surfing i know you bang into your coffee as well um we've got a lot of uh nine works driven not hidden collective members in 
in Essex in your part of the world. Yeah. Um, and and you, you were saying that about running the bakery. I don't know if you, you know if you're comfortable yeah. mentioning it because I'm I'm sure you know the guys will descend on that. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, like. yeah, I started a bakery. It's called Small Town, um, and it's we've got a cafe in Clare um, in Suffolk, which is our main one but there's limited parking around that one um but it is cute it's a grade two listed building and we're like speciality coffee basically and artisan breads and croissants and stuff and then we've got our bakery which is on a farm on a main road in hildesham which is just outside cambridge um and we've got a cafe attached to that and we're open um thursdays to sundays at that that premises at the moment but we've got a big big car park there so i was thinking maybe actually of getting getting a group together and having a bit of a car meet or something there so um i'll let say you know more ben barker say you know. No more. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna happen now whether you like it or not yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's sunday i think yeah nine works yeah. lot gonna be tipping up at your place we will definitely do that mate we'll, we'll yeah yeah, yeah yeah no for sure for sure so it's a, it's a good little meet spot actually so um but yeah, we'll we'll work something out there. But it's it's nice, you know. It's it's quite stressful running that sort of business in the hospitality world. Yeah. But it, um, it was it was something that I had to do. You know, I've been thinking about it a long time. So no regrets, no regrets. Yeah, it's good. It's running well. Quality, mate. Absolute quality. Yeah, look, Ben. Honestly, what a privilege to chat to you and to kind of for you to give us a bit of an idea as to. Yeah. As to how it all behind the scenes yeah 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 no no it's a pleasure guys and it's good to catch up again it's been a it's been a while so um yeah i'm sure we'll we'll touch base again soon for sure yes absolutely yeah ben as i say congratulations and and thanks for joining us on our much radio yeah well done thanks Thanks, ben cool man top man thanks for thanks for joining us ben like much appreciated what do you reckon of that then gents i'm looking forward to the coffee (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah 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 what what a top guy as you say yeah absolutely and fascinating insight into you know what it's like in the car what it's like when you're not in the car (laughs) drying Um, your undies (laughs) (laughs) drying your shreds you know drinking coffee trying to sleep not being able to sleep Sleep, yeah Um, yeah it's great to hear that backstory isn't it the responsibility of being the pro driver as well uh you know that 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 load um yeah brilliant absolutely brilliant slightly slightly otherworldly but at the same time completely down to earth and relatable yeah 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 exactly you know credit credit to ben for putting it across us so i want to ask you gents if somebody offered you a seat knowing what you know now or no you know which is obviously only 10 percent of of that kind of world somebody offered you a seat for le mans would you do it yes absolutely yeah yeah, yeah definitely definitely That's, i mean yeah uh, I, i'm up for it if anybody's out there yeah. <laughs> i drive well, quite well i think you know i could i could add to the team you'd be yeah. out there in, in your sc that'd be your one rider it's got to be my own car <laughs> and it will be as quick as anything else out there and i've seen you drive so it definitely will be uh yeah yeah absolutely Brilliant. Right. absolutely Are you right up for it lee yeah oh without a doubt yeah please god please yeah one day but um yeah yeah this this you know coming back down to reality and the normal world we live in it would be lovely to organize that um that drive out with ben to the to the coffee shop so let's absolutely make that happen gents indeed yeah yeah amazing okay shall we um go porsches by the lake style and chat with guy and james i think we should yeah let's get them on to uh talk with their buzz i think they're pretty buzzing in this little interview i think we all were (laughs) Yeah, Might be yeah. all talking a little bit too fast. 
<laughs> Let's get them on. We're rolling. We're rolling. Fantastic. Guy and James. I should give you a proper introduction, shouldn't I, really? Yeah. Guy Felton, a.k.a. Ask Geese. Geese. James Velicott, 9-11 Spy on the gram. I feel like it's important to introduce the gram these days. It's kind of this uh, ulterior life that we all live Absolutely. online. But uh, look, yeah, co-organisers of Porsches by the Lake, co-founders. First of all, a massive thanks for inviting us along today at Armwatch yeah, Radio to do much. our Driven Not Hidden red carpet stage thing. How do you feel the event went today? How do I feel? Uh, mate, I mean, I'm still a little bit in shock uh, in, in the sense that, um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we do a shout, we do we do a shout out on the on on Instagram, and just everybody turns up. Suddenly, you've got a field of Porsches. It's it's incredible, really. I mean, it's the power of social media, right? I mean, you guys use it yourselves. It's uh, suddenly it's it's made. Um, uh, you know, we, basically we can we can choose a location for a um, uh, an event, and and you know, five hundred Porsches turn up. It's just yeah. incredible, and I think a lot of it is uh, um, people obviously look at us as enthusiasts. You know, we, we, we're not making any money out of this. You know, it's not. You know, we're, we're putting money into this, to, to be honest. But it, uh, it's really just to get like-minded people around us, uh, yeah. and we call this the enthusiast event run by enthusiasts. So, and I think that's kind of sets the expectation as well. And yeah, and feedback's been amazing, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we had good feedback last year, and I, I think you know, we, we felt, wow, you know, where do we go from here? And we were really lucky. We said, right, let's let's go again. And uh, we knew we had a little bit more space. And we saw, and we, last year, we didn't take a run-up at all. You know, I reckon six weeks of promotion, 300 tickets, and we were done. Yeah. And basically, this year, we said, let's try a little bit harder. <laughs> that might be a bit difficult. Yeah, that's all right. Is that a tractor? tractor pass, Not so a Porsche tractor. Random tractor carrying beer. <laughs> that's fine. Not a Porsche tractor. <laughs> Shouldn't be in here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look at it. Brilliant. Mind you, it is carrying beer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go get it. Yeah. We recommend so, a detour. <laughs> driver. So, so, yeah. so, so for this year, you know, we said, you know we'll, we'll, take, we'll make a little bit more effort. We didn't actually need that much more effort because within six weeks, we'd sold 500 Less tickets. That, really. mental, isn't it? And, we, and we were, we were there's a counter on their website and we were going and we we're screenshotting it. We set up a WhatsApp chat as we all do. And every morning we're going, you seen the sales? Have you seen the sales? And we were blown away then. So yeah. When, when we say sales, I mean we're literally charging five pounds a ticket, and that five pounds a ticket was to go towards the marshals that uh, the uh, the manor here is providing. The manor uh, is run by a guy called Andy who, who owns it, and uh, he's a, a petrol head himself. In fact, here he is. He's here he is. Is this Andy? Uh, yeah. Thank Andy, you, Andy. Do you want to jump on the mic? Andy, do you want to say hello? How, how was your day? Oh, it's an absolutely fabulous day. I think did, that, did it uh, work well for you, Andy? I think it's worked well for everybody, quite honestly. I think yeah. it was a, a really great day. You exceeded the 500 Porsches. He says sorry with a smile on his face. <laughs> what's that? What's that and, uh, saying? You can uh, you can ask for. And I, th- I think is <laughs> it's a saying used all the time. The, yeah, yeah. The, the, the day was absolutely. Uh, you got some real quality people quality cars some lovely cars and um it was just such a laid back lovely day yeah no, fantastic Brilliant. well done and well done to all of you well mate thanks very much for the use of your amazing property yeah thank you uh, and hopefully you'll have us back we certainly will do we're only gonna have 500 cars next year though nice one yeah cheers andrew yeah uh, james as you were saying anyway 
Yeah, I mean, what was I saying? I was saying... Just about, like, the organisation that goes into it. Because, I mean, there's a lot, isn't there? I think there is a fair bit, but the fact is we are enthusiasts, and that really helps because we know um, the the mentality of the the drivers. We know what Porsches work well uh, in various areas. Uh, We know what people are expecting. Last time we had... um, uh, a lot of the super premium GT kind of premium Porsches up the top and yeah. it felt a little bit one-sided like everyone was part of the field and this time we decided to take that Mix it. down to the field and, yeah. and, and that's where we, we uh, asked you guys uh, whether you'd come and, and host the stage area which we put of course in, in the field the red carpet and it looked fabulous didn't it? Yeah. I mean also I mean just on that question of balance I mean I mean it helped it was a boxer anniversary anyway you know and um, we specifically had a box display area so as you came into the house on the right you had a lovely selection of boxsters and on the left we just said you know what originally james and i we said oh let's have a let's have a gtrs lawn and i went uh we could but then we said i'll tell you what how about let's have a pts lawn and that's what we did and we brought up it was basically skittles you know for the uh, benefit of radio <laughs> um we had you know we had every color and you know there was gts's we had boxsters we had every sort of every range and it really gave us balance. Yeah, no, it's fabulous, really. And, there's, and the tractor, of course. And the, the tractor, tractor made it. The one tractor which uh, you may have seen um, in Porsche East London. So on the ramps yesterday or whatever. I said to uh, Porsche East London, look, guys, uh, I need to do an oil change. I said, how about you do it for free? I'll bring the tractor down and we'll have a giggle. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> in, in celebration of 75 years of Porsche, of course. Uh, you, you were just driving it along the main street there, down into this area here where the, the big screen stuff is, and the smile on your face as you were driving along, I think it's the biggest smile you've had on all day. Yeah, it feels like you're doing 170 miles an hour on that thing. You're so high up. But obviously, if it had a speedo, it would probably be saying something like 12, 12. kilometres an hour or something. <laughs> yeah. But it is, it's a, and do you know what? That tractor, I, I restored it myself in, in um, it, during lockdown. Uh, my father's in the tractor industry in, oh, really? in France, and I said, yeah. can you look out for an old Porsche for me? And he managed to find it, and it was in a bit of a state, so I restored it. And I, I, I kid you not, I've taken it to a few events, and you can have a row of, of, of you know, CGTs or, you know, 918s and RSs, and everyone goes straight to the tractor. It's brilliant. It's the great thing to turn up at an RS event in because uh, <laughs> uh, you, you do get the looks. I mean, a bit of a giggle as well. Lots of ironic photographs taking, but uh, no, it's a brilliant bit of kit. Great fun. <laughs> Fantastic. On, just, just one thing. I mean, on the subject of what you just touched on, again, for the benefit of radio, people didn't come here. I mean, the turnout. I mean, yes, we had every flavour of car, every colour of car. Um, but I mean, wow, we, I've not seen a Dakar yet, right? As, he, as Lee says, jury's out. But what do we have? Five? Five, five, really Dakars. five Dakars. We had two 992 RSs. Um, we had five or maybe six 992 Sport Classics. Yeah, I think it was. They are common as much. Oh, yeah. 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 What a waste of money. I can't believe our person will get one of those. Two, two Carrera GTs. I thought it was special. And, um, <laughs> and wow, we, had, we, had a, we actually had a touring lawn with seven or eight tourings. That's you know, awesome. Oh, I didn't and, get to see any of this. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I missed it. Too busy interviewing, yeah. uh, interviewing the other, other drivers. Yeah, what, they're all up here. Well, what I will say, and like, because guy, you know, you you make a great point, and we've sort of been we're so lucky and blessed today because we've lived in this parallel universe, like you say, where you see sport classics and Dakar's and nine nine two RSs and whatnot, which is fantastic, and it's a genuine pleasure to see. However, there is also a load of awesome um, cars from throughout the Porsche stable. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? And, yeah. and again, yeah. something that resonates with us on Nineworks, we say Porsche is inclusive, not exclusive. And um, I think 
we well, we were so chuffed that you guys invited us along was I kind of feel like that's something that you subscribe to as well absolutely yeah. do you know what I mean absolutely. and that's, that's in, I think it, important it's kind of it's easy to just look after well I think it, it, it was last year really wasn't it where, where there really was that, that you know we had the, the £200,000 lawn up here and, and everyone else was down by the lake and it wasn't deliberate it, was, it just it kind of worked wrong, out yeah. that way yeah. but we did feel that you know, we, we all enjoy our cars. You know, I'm, I'm not a collector of cars. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky I've had a couple of allocations in my direction, but I'm not buying five cars a, a year to, to get that. It's, I'm, I'm, you know, we, we're a similar kind of sort of level level um, when it comes to, you know, car spending. But, um, you know, I, there's nothing that makes me happier than like a five grand Boxster. I mean, oh. it's just, you know... The the yellow, pastel oh, yellow, exactly. or is it summer yellow, pastel yellow? Well, lovely lady. Let me get her, get her name up. Yeah. She was fabulous, Betsy. wasn't she? Betsy. That's, yeah. her, that's her dog, Betsy. That's, that's the account, right? Betsy Bear, the Betsy cockapoo. underscore, B-E-T-S-I underscore, Bear, B-E-A-R underscore, the underscore cockapoo. Um, pastel yellow, we think, maybe? Pastel yellow or summer yellow, yeah. Boxster. Yeah. 20 years lovely looking thing perfect car it was Brilliant. perfect condition yeah. 20 Beautiful. years she's had the and, and, car driven it and she was here to the bitter end she was here early she's on her own on her own dog. with her dog yeah and the heart the hardcore had gone home and she's still here chatting with Proper a big smile enthusiast. love love you lady yeah but, but yeah. again you know there's so many stories like that today so many different people with, with you know that, that who are starting off on you know the, the more accessible end of, of boxes or, or whatever and and they've all got great stories brilliant stories yeah and that's so, what's so nice about having nine works there is that you know we could get people down on that stage and it didn't matter what car you had everybody's got a story behind their car you know even if they've had it a short period of time there's always a story behind it and i think that's that's kind of what we're trying to hit here and, yeah. and obviously it works so well with what, what you guys do and the podcast and whatnot and so yeah it was it was an obvious uh, marriage really uh, yeah. and hopefully yeah. you'll be up for it next year oh, oh, absolutely 100%. yeah right. we, we got right. it on recording now so you ain't yeah. going back <laughs> 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 i tell you what yeah i mean I've, one thing i mean I, I didn't sleep last night <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think I went. I've had three or four hours sleep. You know, and um, a lot of it was was nerves. You know, there is a degree of responsibility, and you you want people to have a good time. You know, and and generally speaking, I think everyone did. I mean, in terms of we had no we had no negatives, like no no real moaning. Um, Not at all. But it, it is just so nice to lay on an event and watch everyone leave with a smile on their face. Yeah. You know, and it's it's all. You know, you, you, people like you make friends here, don't you? And people are swapping Instagram like, handles, and I'll oh, see you next time. And oh, there's an event on next week. Come along to that. I think to, to use that terrible word we use on Instagram, it's, it's authentic. You know, yeah. it's, the authenticity is what what made it really. It's, it's a load of guys who don't make any money out of this. It actually cost them money. Who just want to get like-minded people around in the same place, get a few pretty cars in there, but also get everyone else involved. And you know, one hundred percent. I have to share a quick story. So when um. Obviously, you guys asked us to, to get involved, and I think we had a, a, a quick uh, Zoom meeting a month ago or whatever, yeah. and ran over things, and um, didn't really kind of un I did understand, but didn't appreciate the size of it. And then, uh, obviously, the day before, so for the benefit of people listening at home, the show's kind of split over two levels, really, above and below the lakes. Probably the best way to put it. And uh, tractors going past again, mate. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, so a, let, it's let the go now without the seven twenty NST. Yeah. That means the beer's been deposited somewhere. As well. <laughs> yeah. So, will this pick it up or just wait? No, no, keep, just keep going. It's cool. Do you reckon? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, all adds to the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Deepest, darkest Essex. So, um, 
yeah, so obviously our kind of uh, little area with the red carpet was down like below the lake, if you for want of a better description. And then like you've had this lovely like screen put up at the top part where like the um, the skittles display, as, as Guy said, was. So yesterday, Guy, you sent the video saying, right, guys, we've got it working. So the idea was what we were doing down on the like the lighting rig area was then broadcast to this screen at the top. And uh, it wasn't until you sent that video yesterday going, here you go, boys, it's working. <laughs> and you were walking around and I saw how big that screen was. Yeah. My backside fell to pieces. We obviously met Brighton early and Paul. And um, first thing Andy said was as well, like, I've not slept. I'm quite nervous. I was like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was so. It, got, I mean, face for radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It was a lot of love there. A lot of love. A lot of, lot of people really enjoy it. And obviously the, the manor came with the screen. So that's not something we've had to... Spot to on. Arrange, so wow. Spot the screen, on. and they, they would be so helpful. I mean, obviously, we've got uh, t- connectivity issues uh, here, so they laid on a, a, a line to take you know right down to the lake uh, purely for for Nineworks and, and uh, the live streaming. I know Amazing. some of the sound was a bit hit and miss. We'll be working on that and see whether we can yeah. improve on that for next year. But generally, you know, it was fantastic. We had the big screen, you guys talking about the cars, and that attracted people from up the top to go down to where the stage was. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm still a little bit in a state of shock to be honest because it's just. It, I mean, people have more or less left now. It's half past four, finished at four o'clock. And uh, we haven't had a single incident yet, have we? I don't no, think. Not yet. No. Maybe it's still to come, but um, <laughs> it's been uh, tempting fate. Yeah. But, uh, but no, it's been a, it's been a... No cars ended up in the lake. No, <laughs> no, Somebody didn't mind leaving their handbrake off. We could get a bit of Instagram fun out of that. Couldn't we? Cars, yeah, yeah, right. In the lake. Yeah. We'll rename it for <laughs> Risky business, remember. <laughs> Nine to eight. Who's the U-boat well, commander? There, there, there is a, like, a little water feature at the side of the lake that's just like basically just put water. some bubbles on the surface. Yeah. I think it's Matt Pickering from the collective coming up to us earlier and said, is, is there a car in there or is it like, <laughs> part, of the, part of the ground? You know? So yeah, it would have gone, like you said, it's all content. So, yeah. it's, Well, you know, it's, yeah. it's one of those things that would... Um, it would have been disastrous, but great. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for the ground. Well, look, um, James Guy, splendid event. Thank you, yeah, Cecilia, well for letting us come along and, and kind Absolutely. of try and, and pitch in for it. We'd, we'd be delighted to come back next year. And yeah, like beer's well earned, I think, for you, yeah, gents. Absolutely. Very well yeah. done to you. And your team helping you put it together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big, big, yeah, big shout out. So we've got uh, quite a few of them in the collective. Yeah, we've got, yeah. We've got Andy, Friday, uh, Scott, Sundeep, uh, Sundeep, Porsche 911 UK. We've got yeah, but there is a team of us, right? Because James Roddy, James Roddy, that yeah. is in the collective as well. Yeah, yeah, it's um, that's nice. So no, and, you, and big thanks for you two because you you smashed it. You, you, smashed you, it. You, you, you said you leave it to us, and. You, we did, and you, yeah, you did a fantastic. Well, I'll be telling job. everyone that this is we're amateurs running this event. We're all amateurs, you know. And then they're looking at these two, like you know, on on stage there, and they're like, they're not amateurs. They no. know what doing. You guys smashed it. Thanks so much. It's brilliant. Colley, cheers, James. No Thanks so much for joining us on No Much Radio. Thanks. Amazing. So busy week. So we've uh, obviously spoke to Ben with Le Mans. We've done the uh, Porsches by the Lake, which we were at uh, in force and, and many of the collective were there. It was really good as well, by the way, to chat to so many of the collective um, Wasn't it? Uh, Porsches yeah. by the Lake. And Andy, like kudos to you because you made uh, those lanyards with names on it. And it was good, therefore, to just put faces to names that we would see on WhatsApp on the on the chat. Yeah, it's a nice kind of uh, conversation starter. I do that more for me than anything because my um remembrance of names is awful <laughs> so it helped me out so much i don't know about you guys oh yeah it's really helpful i mean the yeah. t-shirts are a great identifier i know there's a real appetite for more of that kind of thing and it's coming it's coming that, it's coming we're working on that but that was that was really helpful but then yeah having names putting faces to names using the land 
Lanyards was brilliant as well. You know, yeah. and and it's um, you know, as you say, a lot of nine works driven right headed and collectives there because it was that kind of do. You know, it was our kind of do, and you know, the boys did a brilliant job. Yeah. Do you know what I really like about all of that? So, like, I, I don't know how i think i've got a reasonable kind of handle on your kind of setup but like with me a lot of like my pals they're not from the car world so you know a lot of them like if we go to like barbecues and that if we if i start talking about cars i'm putting people to sleep <laughs> and I'm, do you know what i mean i'm kind of i'm kind of grateful of that in a way because it allows me to do other things because yeah. work and and hobbies overlap quite a lot for me so it's nice to distance but then what I like, especially with, and I found this with the collective and where you can see people wearing the t-shirts and the lanyards and stuff. I feel like I can rock up to these events on my Todd and I'm completely cool with that because I know I'm oh, going yeah. to bump into friends that are into these cars and are, and are part of this sort of world, if that makes Absolutely. sense. I did and that there's on no qualms with it, you know? Yeah, I did that on Sunday. So I went to the Air Cooled um, show uh sanford springs golf course yeah and uh yeah rocked up by myself but i, I must have seen 50 people that i know through through the collective and, and other means yeah it's yeah. amazing yeah it's nice isn't it it's nice to have that confidence to be able to go to it and you know know you're going to bump into people from the collective like-minded enthusiasts and and you know people are, who are friends really are becoming becoming friends so absolutely it's really lovely and really rewarding from my point of view that's how i see it you know yeah yeah Agreed. yeah i mean I, i've said before the pluses and minuses and pros and cons and they're well publicized and experienced of social media instagram particularly as a car enthusiast has had an exponential effect on my um on my life as a car enthusiast first and porsche enthusiast second in terms of uh creating friendships you know as you say lee my friends from from school uh, and post school through work in Reading and all that sort of thing. None of those people are car guys. Um, you know, it's work friends, it's cycling friends, some motorbike racing stuff. None of it's car stuff. But since Instagram came along and meeting you and Nine Works and you know the rise of the cars and coffee culture, it's, it's um yeah, it's become a whole different thing. Yeah, 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 lovely. And I think yeah, with that in mind, you know, if anybody else at home is maybe in that scenario, I'm thinking, oh do I just rock up on my own and see how it goes? Like That'd the answer it, is yeah. yes. There are so many quality people out there. So like definitely get involved. Um, it helps if you can identify as nine works in some way or another, just to get that conversation going. And, you know, likewise, I think, you know, if you're at an event and you see somebody that appears to be nine works affiliated, repping the merch or the lanyard or whatever, go and have a chat. Do you know what I mean? And just kind of yeah. keep that community spirit alive and, and buzzing really um yeah we, with uh with that in mind should we do a gem of the week max yeah yeah gem of the week gem of the week i've got a gem of the week i'll tell you where this one came from it came from so on obviously on, on saturday at porsches by the lake on sunday i went to the second day of the flywheel festival at uh Bista heritage um and credit to, uh to james and uh james and guy and andy they worked really hard within their you know their sort of social circle to uh, make sure there were some really interesting cars at porsches by the lake and they got some 992 rs's two 992 rs's were there and then on um on sunday at vista the um press car was there the new porsche gb press car on the opr 911 that's white with blue wheels and blue decals so it looks pretty good but 
spending a bit of time around those cars for the first time made me think, bloody hell, that's a bit much for me as a road car. You know, just the way it looks. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Um and and I was looking at the marketplace and it's been on there for a, a little while now, but Phil Raby's got that 991.2 GT3 RS. And I've always preferred the non-Visac pack cars, partly because I prefer the wheel design, mm. but also because I don't like all the exposed carbon. I, I pref- much prefer the painted bonnet Agreed, and the way yeah. that the knacker ducks Agreed. sit in a painted bonnet. Yeah. Um, and that car's white um, and it's got some uh, Aurum wheels. It's got black decals. And those cars are starting to look, I can't believe I'm saying this, subtle now compared to a 992 rs and i was just looking at that you know it's even on steel brakes which is good um i think in in many ways if there were to be any spec regret if you like on it it's matching red dials to match the calipers you know but what are you going to do uh but it's it's a it's a really really lovely car and i was looking at that thinking oh yeah i could i could imagine bombing about in that that'd be a really super car it's see have, have a look it's a it's one hundred and eighty-five thousand. Uh, 12,000 miles. Um, it's, it's a really cool looking car. It, it is. And it's well picked out, Max. Um, I called into Philip Raby's uh, last week on the way back um, from somewhere else. And was we were talking about the car. It's the cheapest 991.2 GT3 RS in the country currently. Um, it's incredible value. Incredible. It, I think some people have been uh, put off by the fact it's steel brakes rather than ceramics. Um but for me, that's that's not a negative at all. And actually, I think could possibly make it a little bit more of like, um, I don't know, like a, a weekendy sort of car as, as well. Obviously, it's, it's it's a track day. Those cars, they're cup cars with license plates. There's no getting away from it. But I just think like in not having the ceramics and it, don't get me wrong, you can then go down the aftermarket route. RPM Technic and everyone else will definitely be able to help you upgrade brakes if you want to go down hardcore track use. But I think the fact it's like non Do you need it? Do you need it? Take, you know, go back to a talking to ben barker there um, very good rsr it's a very good point yeah yeah they're on they're on steels yeah 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 do you need ceramics exactly that i like that andy yeah if it's good enough for for le mans then uh, it's good enough for us isn't it (laughs) yeah absolutely and 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 i agree with you max as well you know the non-visat the the visat pat the way this whole look doesn't sit very well with me it's a little bit jarring i I just think without it it just looks too lamborghini for me yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I, and do you know, to, on that same kind of note at Porsches by the Lake, there was a GT3 RS part next to a 991 GT2 RS. And to that, it, it's re-altered my brain because until that very moment, I've always looked at the 991 GT2 RS as being really ostentatious and everything else. And then having this GT3 RS next to it made the 2 RS look like a 2.7 RS. Just diddy <laughs> small and subtle and it, it's just altered my brain completely you know i, I think that the three rs I, I, it just doesn't sit as a look you know but I, I don't know a bit silly i think i don't know I don't, it's just it's yeah. too mental for the road i just think we've gone you know too what it is Lee? it's not going to make sense until the 994 gt3 rs agreed rrrrr comes out with the wing yeah. that's as big as a double decker bus yeah, then that will look yeah, yeah. <laughs> with 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 the wing on the 3 rs i feel and i think i said this on the day you know when you get the, the camo pictures through like the spy pictures 
all of like the aero addenda it's always really well disguised so the wing is always massive like it's, yeah. and particularly when they started doing the swan neck design they were hiding that so there was this like i mean hilarious really wing on the back that you think you know imagine if they made that and then when the 992 rs came out all of that was left on and you go no those end plates they are actually real like they're the size they're of a disguise. postcode <laughs> do you know what i mean but like it's it's actually part of it and um yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a bit crazy for me, I think. It's a bit crazy. For that yeah. same money, you could go out and buy an, a slightly older cup car and then get a really usable, engaging road car for the same money. That's that's, that's kind of where true. my yeah. brain's at right now. Um, yeah, but, but go yeah, racing yeah. proper and go road proper. Yeah, 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 exactly that. It's yeah. kind of, that's, you know, that's that's where that's where I'm at mentally. Yeah. But, um, Maybe but, the but, ST will be the one to have, eh? When's when's that coming? When are we going to see that? Do you think, Lee? Have that's that's going to that's going to be September. Maybe at Red Sport Reunion. Do you think? That, you, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stop putting me on the spot. What, <laughs> what what I have what I have heard is, um, and this is unconfirmed, and would blow my mind if it's the case. But I've heard there's not going to be a 60th anniversary 911 um not this isn't verified and and i think this would be very bizarre if that was the case it, uh, you know it has to be said but i've i've heard that the 60th birthday present is the st okay okay so let's see mm, let's see Let, let's let's see uh, unconfirmed but just just passing on to the collective and everybody else listening just what i've heard so that's that's yeah. you know um but yeah but anyway cracking gem of the week max like genuinely yeah. that's that's, that's absolutely spot on Absolutely spot on. Yeah. Can Shall I we... do a, a, an update? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On I thought collective. we were going to do um, a, a spread the love as well. Are we going to do that after or? Well, I can do spread the love. If, if, I haven't got to spread the love. Have you, Max? I thought spread the love this week was Porsche by the Lake because that was so bloody good. Yeah, let's do yeah. that. I had such a good time at Porsche by the Lake, but I was thinking about spread the love, and I couldn't stop thinking about guy <laughs> and james and andy and everyone uh because i had such such a blooming good time uh but anyway that was just my thought crack it all right well i spread the love Done. Done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so yeah we've got we've got an update then andy an update yeah i've got four mm. new members uh and some upgraders i shall rattle through uh first up is rob mill milney uh, he's a works driver. Um, he has a Gen 1 McCann GTS, a 991.1 911 Carrera S, and is residing in Reading. Uh, good to have you along, Rob. Nice. Yes, nice little couple pairing. Um, we have Greg Sinclair, who's from Southampton, a privateer. Uh, you might know Greg. He's got a 993, a blue 993 with in left-hand drive, Scottish guy, uh, but lives down this way. Um, he helped me find the part for my front bumper, the grill replacement. Tech art part, yes. Oh. Greg is amazing at finding stuff and also does an awful lot of work on his car. So he's a good lad to have aboard. Um, lots of technical expertise, Happy I would days. say. Welcome, Greg. So welcome, Greg. Next up is Pete Wormold, who is a rookie driver. Handsome um, Pete. Handsome Pete, Pete, as he likes Pete. to be known. Um, and uh, do you know what car he drives? He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't mention it much. No, I'm not sure. I'm no, not I sure. think it's a, isn't it a black edition Boxster, I think. <laughs> it might <laughs> have. Um, it might. Apparently it's number 414 of 987 worldwide. Only one of 28 in the UK. 
yeah um, yeah yeah a good looking car and uh good to have you have you aboard peter absolutely yeah. and and for all the jokes which are all pete's fault but, yeah um, it brings it upon it himself is, definitely he does bring it on himself but it's actually quite an interesting car his black edition you know, from a spec point of view you know it's um it's it's well on its way you know it's got a lot of spider bits on it from it like has, say it's yeah. got the wheels uh the engine calibration um yeah it's, it's it's quite an interesting little car and pete was involved in porsches by the lake he set up the boxster display which my car went uh into so pete did a good job there got some nice cars got it all lined up with a big Man. contribution from robert galvin who's a driven not hidden collective member and serial oh, yes. boxster collector you might even say mm. he had three cars in he's there. Got so, anniversary um, editions isn't he? he has yeah, yeah 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 he's got the anniversary cars so uh yeah handsome pete did a fine job there good work good work right last up is noah decker who's a rookie he is from massachusetts in the usa uh got a interesting little selection of cars i'll run through them quickly a 2007 997 turbo a 2004 gt3 3.8 copified 996 gt2 clone sport uh sorry club sport clone uh 93 volkswagen carado good man yeah uh 2001 audi tt that he tracks and a 1968 series 2a land rover what a little oh, fine collection of motors that is that's a great awesome. collection yeah isn't it just uh now noah wrote probably the longest reply to my little email to say who are you where are you would you like to be added to the whatsapp group etc um so i think we should i think you should actually just submit that as a a reader's story for the nine works website amazing yes yeah, sounds good yeah. if there's some pictures to boot there are indeed i'll um i'll forward that over to you spot on yeah we look forward to that and it's worth pointing out if anyone else wants to uh, pitch in with their porsche story and share it with the community just email us hello at nineworks.co.uk and we'll give you a little bit more info indeed sorry i've got one more that's colin welford who's a works driver uh based in stonely in surrey and drives a nine 991.2 g uh sorry 991.2 911 carrera gts in fashion gray that's nice colour, that is, isn't it? Oh, fashion grey. Lovely. Yeah. So, yeah, welcome aboard, Colin. Uh, we've got some upgraders, Works Plus upgraders. We have four in all that have gone for Works Plus, um, yes. which we should mention is includes the normal Works level of subscription, but you also get a subscription to Total 911. Total 911 in paper in the UK and digital for the rest of the world. It's a deal. It's a bargain. It's a steal. <laughs> In fact, uh, I think I might just keep it. <laughs> yeah. That's a great line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we've got Gary Spencer, who upgraded from Privateer to Works Plus. Owen Kelly, uh, Privateer to Works Plus. Michael Shepherd, Privateer to Works Plus. And Toby Dyer, who was a, a Works driver, plus a little bit more as well. Toby's amazing. He, he, he goes up and up and above uh, the standard um membership amount and uh, puts a little bit more in and he's now uh, a works plus plus a little bit more i'd like what to call it what um then lastly we have sun hill sun hill uh now i need help pronouncing sun hill's surname Garania. You know, that's it yeah um who has gone from rookie to works thank you sun hill 
thank you thank you to one and all for your upgrades and your vote of confidence there we do much appreciate it and yeah like i say it's i think a really cool opportunity that's opened up with this works plus membership that um yeah frees up a a total 11 subscription can wing its way over to you as i've said before that magazine when it flops through your door every four weeks not only does it buy you a load of unrivaled expertise on your chosen subject which in this case is Porsche 911s it also buys you a little bit of peace and quiet and solace um particularly from a very lively dnhc whatsapp group <laughs> so it's you know pick pick your poison really you know it depends yeah. on how you want to your mood your Porsche passion yeah without without a doubt and it was it's the gift that keeps on giving all year round that subscription so it's um I'm I'm really chuffed to have that on board I have to say yeah that's great it's a great initiative Nice one, gents. Well, yeah, all's well that ends well. That's another top episode of Nine Mites Radio. I'll look forward to seeing your two lovely faces next week. See you next week. This episode was brought to you by our very kind Driven Not Hidden Collective. If you would like to join the collective to get further access and rewards within the Nineworks community, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Nineworks. You can also support us by leaving a five-star review on your favorite podcast app.